So, praise the Lord. We are working through this amazing book of Romans. This amazing statement about our faith in Messiah Yeshua. And we're trying to put it back into the Hebrew context in which it was spoken or written. And the reason is, is that over the centuries since we've taken it out of its proper context, it has been twisted into something that would be totally foreign to its writer. So we're trying to put it back into its proper context. And we are in chapter 3, verses 27 through 31 today. And for the sake of continuity, I want to begin by reading a few of the verses that we covered last week. We covered them pretty well, but uh, there were a lot of people who weren't here, and these verses are kind of dependent on the ones we're going to look at today, or the verses we look at today are dependent on these, I should say. So verse 19 says, Now we know whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. But now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Messiah Yeshua to all who believe. And to kind of summarize what we spoke about last week, the Torah was given, as Paul says, to show the sin in our lives. The Torah was not given to justify anyone or for salvation, not to declare anyone righteous. But it was given to convict everyone of sin, so to show that everyone, those who had the Torah, those without the Torah, had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of that, no one can be declared righteous for your observance of Torah. And the reason is simple. It wasn't because it was given. And also because of what James tells us in chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, For whoever keeps the whole Torah and yet stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking it all. Amen. You see, guilty is guilty. There's no in-between. Sin makes you unclean. Either you're unclean or you're clean. There's no in-between. There's no halfway marks. Pure or impure. There's nothing in-between. And so the Torah should cause anyone who reads it to fall down and say what Paul will say in chapter 7 in verses 24 and 25. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Yeshua our Lord. You see, it should cause you to say exactly that. Not only does it show our sin, but it also reveals the Redeemer. It's a revelation of the Redeemer who can cleanse you of that sin, of those transgressions. As Paul said in Romans 10, 4, he says, For Messiah is the goal of the Torah unto righteousness for everyone who is believing. So that is what it should do. But... For many, it became a form of righteousness. They said and thought, keep the Torah the way we do and you're in. But do anything else and you're out. And so each group had their own of what Paul will call works of the Torah. Okay? Then he writes this in verse 21. He says, 
There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Messiah Yeshua. God presented Him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood. He did this to demonstrate His justice and because in His forbearance He had left sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Yeshua. Okay, so as I said last week, we spoke about how God had a a dilemma on his hands. He has declared that the wages of sin are death. And so how does he save his friend Abraham? And or Abraham's children, Isaac, his grandson, Jacob, from death. For that matter, how does he save or justify anyone who loves him and for the most part obeyed him and looked to him for salvation? Because all have sinned. How can he look? How can the just judge of all the earth Look at these men's sin like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and say, I forgive. And yet look at another like Pharaoh who was his enemy and say, I condemn. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the answer is really simple. He couldn't not and be the just judge. So the sins of the righteous were passed over until the Redeemer that they had hoped for would come and pay the debt for those sins. In the same way, on a personal level, our past sins, our sins were passed over until we could find the Messiah and repent. We weren't struck down the moment we sinned. But God in his forbearance passed over and gave us time to find the Redeemer. So God passed over those sins because of the faith of those men. They had faith in the Redeemer that was coming. You know, the whole point of the story of the binding of Isaac, or one of the main points of the binding of Isaac, the sacrifice of Isaac, was to show us that Abraham had faith in the coming one. And that's why Genesis 22 says this, as they walk up the mountain, Isaac asks this. He says, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And in case you missed that key point, Yeshua will make sure that you don't miss it. In John chapter 8 and verse 56, he says, Your father Abraham rejoiced at the sight of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You see, so all are justified in the same way. Through faith in the Redeemer, the Messiah Yeshua, Those men had faith that he was coming to redeem them and you have faith that he came and redeemed you. No one was justified for keeping the Torah, though they did keep the Torah. Listen to what it says of Abraham in chapter 26 and verse 5. And this is the Young's literal because it's clearer. Because Abraham hath hearkened unto my voice and keepeth my charge my commands, my statutes, my laws, or Torah, or instructions, is what it says. 
And so you have to ask yourself, did Abraham's covenant with God come because he kept the commands, the statutes and the instructions? Or did he keep them as a result of faith in God and relationship with God? Well, the answer is simple if you read the story. He was called and followed God in faith in chapter 12 because of the faith he had in God. And then he kept the laws and the instructions of God. And he did that, as the text says, by hearkening unto the voice of God. He did nothing for the promises of God. Not even Abraham can boast, the father of our faith. Because if you go to chapter 15 of Genesis, God makes all these promises to Abraham. He makes covenant with Abraham. And all Abraham did was sleep. He rested in God and God's ability to bring about for him all that he had promised. You know, that's the pattern for our salvation. And all who follow that pattern are children of Abraham. But I'm getting a little ahead because Paul's going to go into this in detail in the coming chapters, especially chapter 4. But let's, so now let's get to the day's verses. He says this, Where then is boasting? It is excluded. Through what kind of law of works? No, but a law of faith. Because we understand that a man is justified through faith apart from the workings of the law. Now, I, we spent a whole lot of time on this last week. And so those of you who are here should have a good understanding of this. And if you weren't here, you should get the CD so that you have an understanding of this. All of our past transgressions of which the wages were, of that sin were death have been paid for in full by Yeshua. He paid for them in 30 common era. All that's left for us to do is to use our free will to do the things that God has prepared for us to do. I should say, yeah, I did say, that he has prepared for us to do. Paul makes our responsibility so clear. This is the most amazing verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 10. Listen to this. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It's a gift from God. Not by works so that no man can boast. But we are God's workmanship created in Messiah Yeshua to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, when you first read this, it kind of sounds like Paul is a little mentally confused here. He says, it's not by works so that you can boast, but you are created to do good works. Now, we after last week should have a perfect understanding of this confusing statement. We're, we're not justified by works. No matter how much good you do in this life, you still owe a debt for the sin you committed, no matter how small. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that good deeds atone for sin. It just doesn't happen. It is Yeshua and only Yeshua who paid the debt for those things. And all you have to do is believe like Abraham and walk with Yeshua through this life as Abraham did. And so works alone can do nothing to save you. But once you've been justified by Yeshua and the Master is leading you through life, You 
Do good works. Now let me ask you something. Let me ask you this. What are good works? Well, the only good works are those that emulate the master. How do we emulate the master? Well, he kept Torah perfectly. We keep the mitzvot, the commands of God in the Torah, exactly as he did. That's how you emulate the master. And I hate to break this to you, but I hate to break this to you because I know a lot of you are going to. But good works are works of the law, works of the Torah. They are one and the same thing. And let me show you what I mean before you start to stone me. Do you remember how our discussion on works of the law last week? They were, works of the law are a group or a sect identifier. It is the way a particular group kept Torah. Remember we read the Qumran text last week. We're going to read it again. Because this is huge, this finding that they made in the Qumran text. Listen to what it says. Now we have written to you some of the works of the Torah those which we determined would be beneficial for you and your people because we have seen that you possess insight and knowledge of the Torah. Understand all these things and beseech him to set your counsel straight and so keep you away from the evil thoughts and counsel of Belial. Then you shall rejoice at the end time when you find the essence of our words, our words to be true, And it will be reckoned to you as righteousness in that you have done what is right and good before him to your own benefit and to that of Israel. And so this sect that's writing this is saying, keep the works of the law and it shall be reckoned to you as righteousness. Keep the works of the law as we do and it will be reckoned to you as righteousness. And what else are they implying, though it's not completely or not plainly stated, Well, easy, they're implying that these things we do, do these things that we do, and you'll be part of our group. We have the truth. We're walking out the Torah as it should be walked. And by doing these things that we've given you, these works of the law, if you do them as we do, we'll make you part of our righteous group. Right? Works of the Torah are actually a group identifier. And I want to give you a really simple way of understanding this. We can see it in the fringes that are worn in the corners of the garments. There are a number of ways of of tying these fringes. And they are group identifiers. There's the Ashkenazi way. And there's the Sephardic method. And depending on which way you tie them, it identifies you as either an Ashkenazi Jew or a Sephardic Jew. Right? Now, let me just say, remember a year ago, some of you who were here a year ago, remember some people came into our community and all of a sudden you saw people wearing brown fringe and blue fringe and green fringe and, and orange fringe and all kinds of different colors of fringe. Right? And they were tying them in a strange way. They were wearing them in strange ways and in various colors. And it was really that these people were tying them according to a two-house tradition. And I asked them, I went to them very kindly. I said, said, please don't do this. Don't continue to do this. Because we're a Messianic Jewish congregation. 
We're not a two-house congregation. Our tradition is to try them in the traditional Jewish fashion so as to identify with our Jewish brothers. Well, some people couldn't understand that. And they left. And many people didn't understand why I had to, to be so firm on this simple thing like how to tie fringes. Well, it's really simple. The reason I asked them to change is we're not a two-house congregation. And the elders and I don't want to be identified with that group. We are a Messianic Jewish congregation, and we, so we tie them this way so as to be identified by that. Okay, all of that to explain that works of the Torah or we could, are, are a group, a way that a group is identified. They are a group identifier. But understand that good works that Paul speaks of that we were created to do in Messiah are works of the law as well. And a group identifier as well. When Paul says, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship created in Messiah Yeshua to do good works, he's saying much the same thing. He's saying you're not justified by works of the law that any group does. Not the Essenes, not the Pharisees, not the Sadducees, not any Cs. Your sin was forgiven and you will not be declared righteous by belonging to this group or that. No, you were declared righteous by Messiah Yeshua. You are now in Messiah Yeshua. Why? To do good works. Paul is saying if we accept the gift of God found in Messiah Yeshua and he is in us and we in him, we can do works of the law that are good. Those good works through Messiah Yeshua are a group identifier. They identify you as a follower of Messiah Yeshua. The works of the law done in Messiah Yeshua are good works that identify you as a follower of Him. Amen? Good works done outside the Messiah Yeshua are nothing because you have not been declared free of your past sins. And the outcome of your life without being free of that past sin leaves you guilty. Works of the law as per the leading of the Spirit are good works. And that's why Paul says this. Where is the boasting, he said? It is excluded through what kind of law? Torah of works? No, but a Torah of faith. Works of the law done on your own or by any group or anyone else's idea, works of the law by any group, leave you standing before God one day boasting about your good works. And so is boasting excluded by works of the law no matter how righteous that groups appear? No. What kind of Torah observance is there where there is no boast? The Torah kept in faith. Torah kept through the leading of the Spirit of God made possible by your faith in Messiah Yeshua. The commands of God, the Torah of God kept in faith through the leading of the Spirit leaves you with nothing to boast about. Save your boast in Yeshua. It leaves you standing before the judge one day saying, Lord, I have no good works except those I have done in Messiah Yeshua. And it's only because of Messiah Yeshua that I have any good works. I have nothing of my own. It's all Yeshua and to him be glory and honor. 
We have been wiped clean. We're a clean slate through the redemptive work of Messiah. And with that clean slate, one day as we stand before the king, all that will be judged is the good works we do or the good works we failed to do. All the good we do will be because of Messiah Yeshua in his leading. So to him be the glory. Do we have anything to boast about? No, any boast we have was of no account because of the sin we had. That sin only nullified, was only nullified by our faith, Messiah Yeshua, so that no one can boast. The Torah of faith is an observance of Torah resulting from your faith in Messiah Yeshua and his leading and not of any group save the kingdom of heaven. You see, if you truly understand Torah you'll understand that you cannot boast about keeping Torah because really when you lead it, you're left with the shame of the failures that you've had. The failures that you, in violating the Torah that you've done. I mean, read the Torah. Just read the ten big ones. Just read the ten big ones. Let's start about midway through. Thou shalt not murder. Oh, I've never done that. <laughs> Thou shalt not commit adultery. Ooh, never done that. Thou shalt not steal. Me? Never. Thou shalt not give false testimony against your neighbor. Oh, oh, my goodness. I remember the time that I said something about my neighbor that wasn't true. And so you're left in a heap over the sin in your life. Now he gets to really, he gets to the point of these three chapters in the next two verses. He says this. Or is God the God of the Jews only? Not only, also the Gentiles? Yes, Gentiles also. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. See, another rhetorical question here. Is God the God of the Jews only and not of the Gentiles? Really simple question, right? There's only one God. There's only one creator. He's the creator of all and he's God whether you recognize him or not. And since there's only one God, he will judge those under the Torah and those without Torah. He'll judge those who believe and follow just as he will judge those who say there is no God. He's going to judge it all. And he will judge those with the Torah and without the Torah. How do you suppose he's going to judge everybody? Well, easy. Do you think that the judge of all the earth will not do right? Don't you think that he'll use the same measuring line for everyone? Of course he will. And what is the measuring line? Faith in Messiah Yeshua will justify you and good works will reward you just as Scripture declares. No faith in Messiah Yeshua, no justification. If you haven't been declared righteous then good works are nothing and they, because they cannot atone for that transgression you had. The measure God will use at judgment is the Torah. The question will be, did you reach the goal of the Torah, as Romans 10.4 declares? And what was the goal of the Torah? We read it last week. The Messiah Yeshua. For righteousness to all who believe. 
Did you go through life and did you find that no matter what you do or did, that you did not merit the promise of God of eternal life? And that it was only through Messiah Yeshua and His grace that you've received this great gift? If you did, then you've reached the goal of the Torah. Let's read it again. This is an amazing passage. Ephesians 2, 8 and 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Messiah Yeshua to do good works which God hath prepared in advance for us to do. How much clearer Can you state our status with God? Declared righteous by God and all that's left to be judged is the good works of Torah that you have done in and through Messiah Yeshua or the lack of good works. Your refusal to do those good works. That's all that's left to be judged. So then in verse 31 says, he says this, Do we then nullify the Torah by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the Torah. Let me ask you a question. How by your confidence in God and Yeshua, or we could say our faith, do we uphold or do we establish the Torah, as the King James put it? Well, there's only one way to establish something, and that is to make it what it was intended to be. Remember our teaching on the vessels of the temple? One of those was a Mizrach, and its total purpose was to catch the blood of the offering. It was sacred. It was set apart for that one purpose, and that one purpose alone couldn't be used for anything else. Well, if someone brought a newly made Mizrach, and I was in the temple, and I used it, For that purpose, I established its purpose, didn't I? However, if I took it back to the priest quarters and used it to cook my soup, I didn't establish it as a Mizrach, I established it as a soup pot. Right? So again, how do we establish Torah? By living it as it was intended to be lived. We establish it. You know, Paul makes two statements that will tell us how it is established. Listen to what he says. First in chapter 2, because, you know, when you read this, it can sometimes seem confusing. Listen to what he says. For For not the hearers of the Torah are just before God, but the doers of the Torah shall be justified. He says the doers of the Torah will be justified. And then in chapter 3 he says this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Messiah Yeshua. Well, if you read those two verses like that, it sounds like there's two ways to be justified, doesn't it? Absolutely not. It can never be. So the only way to think of this is that we are freely justified by faith in Yeshua's redemptive work. And through that miracle of God, he leads us into being true doers of the Torah. Living Torah as it was meant to be lived. The Torah was always meant to be kept through relationship with God and never by the works of men. The works of the law of men. It was always meant to be kept the way Abraham kept it. Not through rabbinic Judaism. 
Remember what God asked Israel for at Mount Sinai? Hear my voice and keep my covenant. Hear my voice. Relationship with God. Keep this Torah according to that voice. Israel said, no, Moses, you speak to us and we'll listen, but don't have God speak to us any longer or we'll die. You see, they asked for men to lead them instead of God. So when we keep Torah through faith in the redemption of the Messiah and the leading of the Spirit, we establish the Torah of God. We make it what it was intended to be. Instruction that leads us to Messiah and then a true Torah observance. Okay, that's establishing it. But let me ask you this now. If that's establishing it, how can anyone say that Paul nullified the Torah when he just told us, do we nullify the Torah by our faith in Messiah? Not at all. Not at all. You know, if Christians could get this one concept down as they read their Bible, it would change the way they view scriptures. The way they, grew their, the way they view their faith. When Paul and the apostles in Acts chapter 15 render a decision that Gentiles need not be circumcised, are they nullifying the Torah? Not at all. They're upholding Torah. What are they nullifying then? They're nullifying the works of the Torah via the Pharisees. The Torah does not require Gentiles to be circumcised in the flesh except in two certain instances. So if the Torah doesn't require Gentiles to be circumcised and the Pharisees say you must be circumcised in the flesh to be part of the people of God and the apostles through the leading of the Spirit say no, that's not correct. You do not make circumcision part of the deal for the Gentiles. Then who's upholding the Torah? Simple, right? The Torah kept in faith and relationship with God upholds the Torah. Establishes the Torah. We just read the pattern of Abraham's life. He followed God in faith. In chapter 12 of Genesis, he leaves his family. In chapter 15, while he sleeps, he makes covenant. God makes covenant with him, an unconditional covenant with him. While he sleeps. And because of that faith in God, he walks with God, hearkens to his voice, keeps his commands and his Torah. So it was his faith in God that came before his works. Well, if the Pharisees and others say you have to keep Torah, you have to be circumcised and you have to be made to follow the works of the Torah as we do if you want to be part of of our community and the world to come. And Paul says this, again, I'm going to read it again, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, this not of yourselves, but a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Messiah Yeshua to do good works, which God had prepared in advance to do. Who's upholding the Torah? Do you see? I want you to see that Paul led a life in obedience to the Torah through the leading of the Spirit. And when he saw the Pharisees violating Torah through their own works of the law, he upheld the Torah by declaring the truth of the Torah. Yeshua did the same thing. 
When Yeshua saw the Pharisees had stepped outside the Torah with their ceremonial hand washings, or we could say their works of the Torah, because nowhere in Torah does it require such a thing, he upheld the Torah. He rebuked them. When he saw the Pharisees had stepped outside the Torah with their Sabbath observance, they rebuked his disciples for picking grain for their own consumption on the Sabbath. He upheld the Torah. He rebuked them. Because the Torah forbids harvesting grain, not picking it for your own consumption because you're hungry. You shouldn't be hungry on the Sabbath because the Torah declares delight in my Shabbat. Well, how can you delight in the Sabbath walking around with a growl in your stomach? Right? So again, Yeshua upholds the Torah. In fact, he comes right out and says this to the Pharisees in Mark 7. He says, and he said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. What does he mean by traditions? Well, they're the same thing that Paul calls works of the Torah. Their tradition are their own works of the Torah or Torah observance via the Pharisees. You see, contrary to popular belief, neither Yeshua nor Paul nullified Torah. They upheld Torah. Let me say something else. I want to show what Paul thought about ethnicity or belonging to this group or that group. He tells us. Let's see what he thinks about what he was born in his works of the Torah. Philippians 3 verse 4 says, If anyone thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee. You know, there's a huge move among some people to be Jewish today, to prove that they're, either, that they're Jewish. Uh, either some people in the Messianic movement go out of their way to see if they're Jewish. In the two-house movement, they want to be one of the lost tribes of Israel. Well, let me just tell you something. Here, Paul tells us he was one of the, tri- one of the tribes of Israel. No doubt about it. The tribe of Benjamin, one of the lost tribes. It doesn't seem like he's so lost here, though. I'm just kidding. But there's a huge desire of late. People think that there's merit in being Jewish or one of the lost tribes. Gentiles on this path are often think that go out and get circumcised. Go out of their way to be circumcised. Well, Paul tells us not only was he of the tribe of Benjamin, but he was brought into the Abrahamic covenant as he should have been on the eighth day. He was a Hebrew through and through. And let's see what he thought about this ethnicity. But first, he also tells us in regard to the law of Pharisees. He's telling us that his works of the law were according to the group called the Pharisees. Let's see what he thinks about that. According to zeal, persecuting the assembly, according to righteousness that is in the law, becoming blameless. You might think keeping Torah will get you justified. Well, Paul was becoming blameless in his keeping of the Torah, in his Pharisaic works of the law. But now let's see what he thinks of circumcision, his race, the group he belonged to, his becoming blameless in Torah observance. Let's see what he says. 
But what things were to me gains, I have counted because of the Messiah loss. Indeed. And I count all things to be lost because of the excellency of the knowledge of Messiah Yeshua, my Lord, because of whom because of whom of all the things I suffered loss and do count them to be refuse that Messiah I may gain and be found in him, not having a righteousness which is of the law, but that which is of faith through Messiah Yeshua, the righteousness that is of God by faith to know him and the power of his rising and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if any how I may attain to the rising of the dead, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attain to the resurrection of the dead. Paul counted all things that he at one time considered great gain. We could say great value. We could say great advantage. He now counts them loss. In other words, he not only considers these things valueless, but worse than valueless, they're lost because of all the time he spent pursuing them. Think about it. That means there's a lot of people out there, particularly the ones I spoke of up above, that are chasing after refuse. And the word would be better rendered, dung. We've been given this wonderful opportunity to know him, to fellowship with him, to share in his sufferings. In other words, to know the pain he feels for the lost of his creation. The opportunity to conform to the selflessness of his death. To die and resurrect with him, born again, new in Messiah, given good works to do, works that God foreordained for us to do. Not only that, but notice what he considers those things he did at first, they're all dung. Why? Why are they all dung? Because of the excellency of the knowledge of Messiah Yeshua, my Lord. We've been given the opportunity to obey God's Torah through the knowledge of Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. To seek Him in our prayer closets and find the true path of righteous living. And what are many of us doing? Well, many of us are out there collecting dung. We're chasing after things that he calls dung, clinging and relying on and putting our confidence in things that he calls dung. He's telling us if we have ears to hear that he did it better than all of us or you ever will. He kept rabbinic Torah better than you ever will. And the better he did was loss, a waste of time and mounted to nothing but dung. Once he met Messiah Yeshua and came to the knowledge of Torah that Messiah Yeshua had, everything else was dung. Folks, we will be declared righteous at the judgment, no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. That we will be declared righteous. The only thing that remains in suspension is how did we do 
with the good works of Torah that God prepared in advance for us to do. I'm talking about the works of the Torah that identify you as one of the people of God through Messiah Yeshua, part of the kingdom of heaven. Amen?